Um, we're going to have New York One's Josh Robin um, come on up, and he's going to talk a little bit more to Dominic. Um, Josh, you actually had an interesting evolution yourself. You used to be a political reporter, right? Going up to Albany. Well, going up to Albany, you were kind of in the heart and now in New York. Tell me about what changed there and what lean startup folks can learn about innovation from that transition for you. Well, I was also a newspaper reporter for years before, and um, obviously the newspaper industry about 10 years ago kind of collapsed, so I made the switch to television. And, you know, it's, it takes some time to adjust to, um, you know, to being on TV and to thinking more in a, you know, way of not just putting words down, but also having to think about what you're putting out visually. So, you know, it was a switch that I was um, able to make, and I like to think that some of the same kinds of uh, skills that I had as a uh, newspaper reporter translate, but obviously you have to keep on shifting with the times. Yeah, sure. Um, so, Dominic, thank you. Um, I wanted to just ask you, you, you said you're not a new startup. You work for an agency in the largest city in the world. I guess if you can start off by talking about some practical advice that you would have um, as you try to modernize this agency in a large government for those in the room who are thinking more small scale. Sure. So, um, <laughs> So as I mentioned, so we're trying to break down silos within, within my team at NYC Gov Lab and Studio. And I have to say, so Duet has grown so much since I first joined 14 years ago. I mean, there was a point where I was helping to design icons for the three-on-one system. Um, but now I haven't touched Illustrator in, in years. So it's clear we're, you know, in trying to be nimble, We've, as, as we've grown, we've become more specialized in all of our roles, and now we're trying to kind of claw back and, and really um, try to help people get back to some of those other skills that they used to be able to, to use. Mm -hmm. and, and so I would say, you know, as, as you expand and you, and you grow, I think at the, kind of at the, at the doer level, it's important for you to, to keep some of those other tools that aren't necessarily part of your specialization, and that will really help you to understand what your coworkers, you know, are what they're experiencing in, in their work. But also, you know, you can you can kind of wear different hats, and, and so I think you know it, it, there's a temptation to really get more specialized as you grow. But you know, I think try to resist that and 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 retain some of that um, flexibility. Uh. New York is very expensive. It's very regulated. It's it's tough. It's very competitive. What does your agency do to make it easier for people to start and to grow businesses here? That's a good question. Um, actually, it's it's a timely question. So um, first of all, for those tech startups in the room, there's Digital.NYC. That's a that's a tech hub for um, for for startups in the city. So I would recommend. Um, checking that out. That's a that's a partnership actually between um, the Economic Development Corporation and the mayor's office and some other third-party partners. Um, but we are supporting the Small Business Services Agency. There's a mayoral initiative called Small Business First, uh, which is a very comprehensive program to try to m make New York City more small business friendly. And we have been supporting the small business services from a technology angle. Uh, we actually went through a couple of human-centered design exercises with, with, with them and created some MVPs that we, that we rolled out. Um, and then more recently, uh, about a month ago, we actually 
created a, a smaller rollout for what is yet to come uh, that incorporates those MVPs as well as other, other services that, try, that helps businesses start and operate in the city. So, so we've been working with, with SBS and the, the vendors and small business services, small business services and, and the vendors um, who are working on this larger rollout of, of a portal that, that will come later this, this year. Can I get a show of hands also of how many people are based here in New York? Okay, so maybe about half or so. And everyone else is based here in, in the US. Okay. Um, let's talk about a, a, an experience that you have. I think you're not based in the US? Okay, where are you based out of? In the Netherlands, okay. Um, let's talk about an experience here. This, this was in uh, the news, so perhaps might be somewhat familiar for people within the city. Three years ago, you were in charge of leading a 60-day um, assessment of revamping the 911 system. The 911 system has, obviously, it's, it's part of the entire country, but um, in particular here in New York, it was the, the remodeling of it was very over budget. Um, it was way behind schedule. And obviously, we're dealing with something there that is more important than keeping investors happy. You're talking about life and death. Um, what did you learn from that experience coming in? Um, that could translate to, to folks here? I think the, one of the, the biggest things is that, um, I mean, a lot of, uh, gosh, the, it, it was a huge, huge program um, to, to get our hands around. And I think, you know, the one thing that we were able to do was really we took, we sat in a room, there was the fire department, NYPD, Department of Department of Design and Construction, who was building out the, the, the space. Um, and then Duet was asked to, to lead the turnaround of, of the program. And one of the biggest thing was, is, was that there, there was such a lack of trust in the, among the agencies, and we really needed to, to try to get some of that trust back. So we set a goal that we weren't, we were only looking forward. We weren't we weren't going to be looking backwards. Everything, you know, we just kept repeating. Every, we're, we're moving, we're going forward. And over the course of a few days, everyone was able to, you know, to really put their issues on the table that they didn't feel like were being heard. And together, we were then able to, to stack them up against each other and really understand what was important and what was less important. And so collaboratively, we were able to come up with a plan, and that, it, this integrated plan and the framework for it had been had been lacking it hadn't existed before mm. so so we were by just taking the time to to build that trust with one another and you know and it was it was new players that like we had to you know there was we we kicked out the the vendor that was that was running the program and really took on a you know the city took on the accountability for for delivering this and so it was exciting, you know, to be in that position, but it was really scary because of how massive and, and, and what was at stake. But by just saying we're, we're moving together on this and we've, you know, we've listened to each other and together we've decided what our priorities are, that really helped provide a good framework around what the ultimate plan was that we came out of um, at the end of the 60 days that helped us to go live two years later instead of 10 years later, which is what the, what the schedule had us. There are different cultures toward. within also these, these agencies. You kind of pick up, the fire department has a certain culture, the police department, mm -hmm. 
I don't know as well, but probably people within do it have mm -hmm. a certain type of way that they talk and way that they communicate and norm and your team is obviously closer together. You, you knew each other going into these meetings. Can that be applicable to, to folks here who are um, dealing with perhaps people you know, from different backgrounds or have different thought processes? What can they learn from you sitting in the room with these people from different agencies who are coming at it with different preconceived notions? Yeah, I mean, there there has to be a a, a level of respect because you're not gonna you can't you're not gonna change those cultures. I mean, you can certainly keep pressing. You know that we're we're creating something new here and try you know try to use that as you know as as the carrot to to try you know to try to help and get them to rethink how how they've been been doing something. Um, but I, yeah, I mean the the. The, the culture is is definitely entrenched I mean and that's that's throughout the city there's you know a lot of inertia mm -hmm. and, and a lot of and a lot of what we do and um, I think though at the at the end of it we see this you know in, in, in the services we provide our customers you know and we have an application that we created for um, for the Office of Emergency Management to help people prepare for emergencies mm -hmm. and it's it's all about trust people need to be able to trust what the government is is you know the information coming out of the government and and then when you're in a room and you're working amongst people of different cultures they just need to know that they can trust that that you are listening to them and that you really you know understand what their priorities are and and that we're going to work together to try to see how we can you know how we can accommodate as much as possible did you do any kind of Trust building exercises at the beginning that that maybe could be used at a smaller scale. I wouldn't say that there were you know like you know ropes courses or anything like that. Right. It was it was more about you know uh, we took a lot of notes and I just we literally took notes on post its, put them up on the on the wall so people could see that what they had said is is actually being recorded and, and being considered. Right. And that went a super long way. Um, open data, you mentioned it in your speech before, and I think it could be, if, if are any folks here, particularly those in New York, using open data um, from New York City in their business now? No one. All right, well, this is yeah. your chance to make a pitch, All right. because it is, uh, <laughs> um, it's obviously free, it can be mined, and it can be used in businesses, whether in your current business now, um, or for other businesses, maybe you might even want to give people an idea or two. Yeah, so um, I don't have an idea necessarily, but um, the, as I mentioned before, there there are about seventeen hundred data sets, and it's it's growing um, from street crime to tree counts. Um, there's school data in there. I mean, there's there there's so much data to to be mined, and it really is fertile ground for finding ideas that you could turn into really big ideas and potentially products. And we greatly encourage companies to, to you know, look at the data and, um, and try to see if you can make something out of it and develop a business out of it, preferably in New York City. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an amazing resource. And it's, uh, as far as I know, I think New York City is the only jurisdiction in the country where it's the law for agencies to, to provide the, this data. So in yeah. other places, you know, it's executive order, but you know, we really, we feel strongly in New York City that it's, it's the people's data and 
and anyone should be able to use it I for whatever purpose. I think some people are already using it for like parking and for um, habits when it comes to mass transit and transportation. Yeah, it's really yeah. very deep. Um, tell people about Link, uh, which is, it's also kind of flown under the radar news-wise, um, and there was some controversy that's uh, around a little bit. Um, but tell people what Link is and how they can access it um, to their benefit. Sure. So Link is the modern equivalent of the payphone. It's the fastest municipal wireless network, um, I think, in the world. It's a, it provides a gigabyte of, of data. And it is a multifunctional kiosk of sorts. Has USB charging stations. There's a there's a screen on it, so you can use it for for wayfinding. There's a 911 button, and um, and of course there's it's Wi-Fi. So uh, I think it's within 150 feet of the beacon. Anyone can can get the the service. So if you're a small business, potentially you may want to use it as a backup, um, although it's not intended for that. So you don't have to also sit in a coffee shop if there's like a park bench nearby, you right. can sit there. Yeah, yeah, so there's, um, there are supposed to be, I, th I hope I don't get this number wrong, but I think there's supposed to be around 7,500 links that are going to be rolled out in, in all five boroughs once the, the, the program is done. And I think we have about, uh, Thousand now, so um, so we're making we're making progress. Um, but the idea is that you know it sh it can be a place for community information to be disseminated, uh, such as you know in something like Sandy when people didn't know where that there was going to be a water pickup. You know that would be a place where you could get that kind of information. Um, people can there's they can reconnect with loved ones and and other you know across the the country because you can do free. Um, national or free calls throughout the United States, oh, that's and um, you know there's there there are a lot of there's a lot of growth potential in these in these kiosks. I mean they're they're made to be adaptable into into change as technology changes. And one what also another initiative from the city is to create um, universal uh, broadband, but particularly in low income housing. Mm -hmm. Is that yes? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to sure. say also. With the with Link Kiosk, it's a great way to get to three on one. I mentioned the three on one app. This is another channel for for um, people to access city services. We only have about a minute left, and I guess this is kind of an old an oldie but a goodie, um, but one that I think is helpful. What's the best piece of advice that that you um, were ever given that that you could pass on here? I I think one thing that I that I've that I've learned. Um, and I, I'm sure someone said it to me, <laughs> you know, or pointed it out to me. But it's when you're rushing to, you know, to 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 do a project, there's a tendency to exclude, and really, you should err on the side of inclusion rather than exclusion because that'll save you time down the road. Because if you don't, if you don't have the right people at the table, you're going to end up doing doing rework, mm. and or your, you know, or your idea is not going to fly. So especially in government, you need to be very cognizant of, of the different stakeholders. Making people feel that they matter and that they're being listened to. Right. And how do you tell people if you don't like their idea? <laughs> if I don't like their idea, I, you know, it's, uh, it, it's more, it's diplomatically. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys very much. Appreciate it.